Hey folks, here we are again. It's been a week, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of let's let's move on from what we've been talking about this last week, and let's have a little bit of fun. Oh, by the way, we are officially well, we, me, me, this show, my show. Finally, uh, <clears throat> we're officially over. Uh, people have li- fuck. I don't know, man. It's early. It's it's like seven fifty eight in the morning, and I got to hurry this up because I got to get people to school. Then I got to go to the gym and then I got to go do the thing. And then I got the one o'clock and then I got the, the two thirty, and then I got to pick them up from the stuff. And then I got to be home at some point. So I feel like my day is already, it's already over. I'm already looking at it going, it's seven fifty eight in the morning. It's already over. Uh, no McAfee. I don't want to rate you. That's just popped up on my screen when I'm trying to do this and it's, it's screwing me all up. No, I don't want to rate you. No. Isn't McAfee the guy that like went nuts, right? He went crazy and is living in Mexico or maybe he's in prison in Mexico, but didn't he make like a hundred million dollars and then not pay taxes and because Wesley Snipes told him it was a good idea or something. I don't know. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. It's not, you don't have the constitutional right to not pay your taxes. Look at it this way. If you're paying high taxes, that means you're making a lot of money. Enjoy it. Just pay them. Be cool. Just pay them and forget about it. Okay? Pay your taxes. Anyway, we're officially, have people have been listening to the show over a thousand times officially, and I'm very happy about that. Not every show that I've done in the past, which is none, has gotten over a thousand listener things, downloads, listeners. Do you have the coronavirus? Does anybody have the coronavirus? I think I might, but I just don't have any symptoms yet. I think I have the coronavirus. I think it's possible. I think it's it's come my way because now people are popping up with uh, not having not having traveled and are getting the coronavirus. They, there's a, there's a person in California who just has it and nobody knows how they got it. They didn't leave. They didn't go on a boat. They didn't go on a plane. They didn't, they don't live with people from Wuhan. They just got it. So now I think I got it. I think I have the coronavirus. (sighs) What a drag. Hey, that person in Macedonia that's listening to the show. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, listen. We're going to have some fun uh, for the rest of the week, all right? It was uh, I'm not it, the, this week started out on a on a it's a bummer. We got some people, we have some friends who are going through some stuff and um ah, sucks. I I really, you know, let's everybody get better. I'm going to say something one thing about Sean Lashgari. If you haven't listened to the Sean Lashgari episode, listen because it's going to make you realize you got to be in the moment. You got to live today. All right. Cause there may not be tomorrow. Now Sean's still here with us. I want to be clear. I think this guy is fucking Wolverine, not having sex with Wolverine. That's not what I meant. I mean, I think he might be Wolverine. Here's why. If you listen to the show, you, you heard everything he went through. It's a lot. And he's still coming out of it. Super mutant healing factor, maybe? I think so. Listen, go back and listen to Sean Lashgari. If you can, donate to his cause. Please. He's a good dude. 
All right. Who's on the show today? I know. It's my good pal, Ryan Miller. If you don't know Ryan Miller, he's a game designer. He's a comedian. He's taller than me. And I'm not okay with that, by the way. I'm really not. I don't like not being the tallest guy in the room, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like it. If you see me and I'm not the tallest guy in the room, guess what? You know I'm going to be pissed and you can come up to me and say, hey, man, you're angry, aren't you? Because you're not the tallest guy in the room. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah. Yes, I am. I'm angry about it. Ryan's a big dude. Um, yeah, we talk about the stuff we did together, about wanting to work together again. Um, He's a funny guy, and uh, we throw Sean Kelly under the bus. You got to listen to find out what I mean. It's Ryan Miller on Brenzor's Day. Hey, Ryan Miller. Hey, Jason Brenner. How's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> brother man i miss you i just want to start you up too, by saying i miss you i really oh, do man. Uh, it is it is so yeah. cool to to that was it was so cool to you know hear about your podcast and i listen to it and then you know hear your voice again <laughs> like hey he's got a good voice for radio i'm not bad hmm. hey now <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly well, I, I, I will tell you right now i'm sure some people aren't fucking happy to hear this voice <laughs> You know I, I mean, it, it's called Brenzor's Dead for a reason, because some people are like, why don't you just fucking die already oh, and leave geez. us alone? Yeah, oh, yeah, they're out there, buddy. You know. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Jeez. You're, I ah, guess you're just a, a polarizing figure in the industry, right? Uh, something. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I'm just a guy. I don't. Just a guy. I don't know. You're just a I just guy. wish I would curl up and die myself it'll be fine just end it <laughs> you know what i am not fine with this my name is ryan miller and i do not approve that message right there. <laughs> <laughs> no seriously man I, I miss you dude i i think yeah. you're you're just one of those dudes that i dudes i gotta stop saying dudes um it's california man i know i know I grew perpetuate up in the stereotype i am in california, I grew up in california. i'm still in I say dude all the time. I say dude all the time, but I'd say it in the California sense. Like, I don't think a lot of people from not from California understand that dude really is like an exclamatory. Usually like you were just using it now as like uh you calling me a dude, but usually it just means like, Oh shit. Like dude, yeah, dude, you know, dude, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. What did you do? <laughs> exactly. It's not a, it's not any sort of like, it's not a pronoun. Usually it's just a, Oh shit. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, somebody just hit my car expression. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I I know, dude. Uh, anyway, but yeah, dude, I'll tell you, it is. Yeah. I remember, uh, uh, first meeting you at Gamma years and years ago, uh, because Steve Port, I was, uh, Steve Port, Legion events, uh, Legion supplies, uh, you know, he and I, I had just started freelancing and, and, uh, Steve and I knew each other, uh, because I was a wizards R and D for, for a long time. And, I had met Steve at a couple of, uh, of events, uh, and Steve's of course, really, really cool dude and, uh, uh, mm -hmm. really fun to hang out with. And he's like, Oh, you should meet my buddy Brenner over at, uh, over at upper deck. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then it was just one of those Why things, not? man. I, I was just telling my girlfriend the other day, I was like, you know, 
Uh, Brenner's one of those people. Like, if we were in the same city, we'd just be getting beers all the time, right? It's just be like <laughs> we we'd be hanging out, pal. There's yeah, no yeah. question. And oh yeah, clearly Steve just wanted to introduce more tall people to be in the same room yes, together. That's, that's that was right. his motivation. That's right. You know, well, that's how it. it makes sense. That's how it, that's how we can take over the industry is just sheer height, just sheer intimidation factor uh, mm-hmm. of just you know because people are predisposed. I think because most of us had a. Uh, a uh, father figure in our lives that was taller than us when we were little. So we, you know, people are just kind of predisposed to do what we tell them to do. <laughs> well, and also we're moving the entire industry to Asia so we can tower over everything like skyscrapers. <laughs> I've been, oh, look, man. it's, there's not, it's just like when you're over six foot four and you're in eight, you're a tall guy. I mean, that's yeah. just how it is. I mean, yeah. don't, Everyone's going to be up in arms. Oh my God, you're so insensitive. Like, no, it's just that I'm fucking tall. And like, I could reach the ceiling when I put my hand up and that's what oh, happens. Man. And I mean, you just I look was, at that uh, and go, well. I was, I used to, one of, one of my, my, one of my last jobs at Wizards when I was in R&D there was a uh, lead designer for Duel Masters, which is this very, very popular trading card game they do in Japan. I remember. Mm-hmm. And it's still going strong over there, man. Uh, and I was over in Tokyo, which is, I love Tokyo, man. It's so fun over there. Uh, I was over in Tokyo doing meetings and, and it was me and my boss, Charlie. And then, uh, uh, my buddy James, who is, uh, who speaks Japanese. He's a Japanese American. He speaks, you know, he grew up speaking Japanese and then Shaba, who is, uh, from Japan, but worked at wizards for a long time. And, and I think now he's back in Japan. Anyway, the point is those two spoke Japanese. Charlie and I did not. And so we'd have these long meetings where they were talking to the the uh, Korokoro and Shigakukan people, the people that do the manga and the anime. And they were talking to Japanese. And this was like an eight-hour meeting. We're sitting in this room for all day. And But for me and Charlie, it was mainly us just doing emails while we waited for them to have a question for us. <laughs> and then the, and then Shaba or, or James would translate the question, and we'd answer it. And then they would translate back to them. And then it was just back to that. So it was just the longest day ever. So at one point... I just, I just stand up and I grab the ceiling to stretch my back. Like I just kind of reach up, you know, I think uh, for people who are listening to this don't know, I'm, I'm six foot seven. I, you know, I've got a pretty high reach. So I grab the ceiling and I stretch my back. It was really good. And I noticed that the entire room has gone silent behind me. <laughs> I turn around and all the Japanese partners are looking at me like, wow. <laughs> And then, of course, we kind of laughed, and 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 that was the thing. But oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, that's the thing, dude. Well, you're one of these guys when you walk up. So typically, you know, I, I hear like, oh, you know, you're tall, blah 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 blah. And I'm walking around, and then I meet this guy Ryan Miller, and I'm sitting down, you know, in our booth, and I'm just like got my head in my hands because I'm miserable. And oh, I'm, geez. you know, well, you know, it's the end of the yeah. day, and you go through sure. eleven meetings, and you're like, yeah, oh, just yeah. be done. Day. Yeah, yeah. And then this guy comes walking up and I'm like, well, okay, if I stand up, I'm now going to be the shortest person in this <laughs> place because this guy's 11 right. feet tall. And so, yeah, you know, it, was, it, was, it was great. <laughs> but we yeah. met Pat, but I'll tell you what, pal, we never looked back. That's right, man. Back. That's right, dude. It was uh, the beginning of a, a really fun friendship and, and, and business partnership and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really fun knowing you and, and, you know, getting to work with you when I, when I can. And, uh, you know, was sad to see you go. I, I didn't, you know, it's sad to see you go at ultra pro, uh, I mean, upper deck, sorry. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Same yeah. thing. It was sad to see you go. Cause I was like, oh man, I can't work with him on stuff anymore. 
Uh, yeah. So, but you know. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah. Yeah, they're uh, doing. Well, yeah. Pfft. <laughs> How do you feel? How do you feel, brother? <laughs> I mean, I've you know, I've been asked that a lot, and I haven't said anything too scathing i think i mean look i've said some things and i'm not gonna back down from it but the fact is what i've said is true um but you know i i have mixed feelings and you know but at the end of the day it's like okay just move on you know it's fine they're doing their bit good on them best of luck um you know and and not for nothing yeah i mean it was my choice to go and like you know whatever you do it yeah, um, yeah, we go I forward. Mean, we move forward. Right. We can't live in the past. We move forward. Yeah, right. Definitely. And, definitely you know, the thing, there. the only thing that bothers me is I still get little nuggets of info every now and then. And I'm like, okay, apparently I'm not the only one that ain't over it. <laughs> 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 That's the all thing. Right. And I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? Okay. No, all right. Just... Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> um, but now here's the funny part that I didn't even realize until about halfway into my tenure at the, uh, at Play Fusion was you worked with those guys as well. I didn't even realize yeah. that until, oh, like yeah, I said, yeah. like halfway through. Yeah. yeah, they brought us in. It was um, it was actually at a Gamma, I want to say two years, right around the time that the Warhammer game was coming out. Um, and we got a uh, Kai. Uh, Kai approached me about it because uh, Kai was there briefly uh, or is yeah. still there. I can't remember. Uh, and was like, hey, they're looking for uh, basically. Play Fusion ain't there anymore. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Yeah, okay, that's good. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so. <laughs> uh so no one's there anymore okay well anyway kai is an old buddy of mine actually uh i've known kai for ages because uh i so back in i don't know 2001 uh i left i i was briefly up at wizards corporate as a brand manager 2000 2001 and i left them uh to start a game company um to make the warhammer trading card game the warhammer ccg the 40k ccg rather uh and that was my first gig as a actual paid game designer guy uh, and that's what I wanted to do. I mean, that's the whole reason I moved to Seattle was, uh, you know, I, I was in the army. I was actually a, a prison guard in the army <laughs> and, uh, cause I was thinking about a career in law enforcement right. and, uh, and I got out of the army and I was like, well, what do I want to do? And I was thinking, I'd been thinking about Seattle just because of Wizards of the Coast. I've been playing magic since it was, you know, since it came out pretty much and just thought it was brilliant. It's kind of blew my mind. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Seattle and just see if I could get any job I can with wizards and just see if I can claw my way in. Uh, and I did, I, I started it. They used to have this really awesome game center, uh, right near university of Washington. Um, it's an urban outfitters now. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh and so oh, even first- better. Yeah. <laughs> My first job with Wizards actually was as a magic judge. I, I was a, a judge at that game center uh, making six bucks an hour uh, in 1998. It was six bucks an hour uh, judging tournaments from like five to midnight, five nights a week. And it was a grueling, grueling job. Uh, not I, You know, a little aside about that was I was interviewing with this guy named Regan Pricer, who was the manager of the, of the tournament area at the time. Uh, and he looks at my, he looks at my resume and he goes, prison guard. And I said, yeah, cause you know, inmates try to break the rules and they try to bend the rules. And if they don't like what one guard says, they'll go to another guard. And about halfway through this little speech, Regan's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can, you well, can yeah. judge magic. And, and, <laughs> you know, and you're 11 feet tall. So, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. fine. So, but I mean, you know, it was, it was an interesting job and every job I got after that, uh, with, with the exception of a brief, brief stint selling sofas, uh, every job I got after that was because of connections that I made 
uh, uh, with that first job there. And so, uh, but yeah, I left, uh, I had left uh, to get back on track here. I had left uh, Wizards to start this company. So I had worked on Warhammer before. And so, you know, and Kai was, was one of the people that worked at Sabretooth Games, which is the, the company I started with a couple of buddies of mine. And uh, so, so he came, he comes up to me and, and was like, yeah, they, they want to take a look at, uh, at this game. Uh, and, you know, this war, it was based on Warcry, which is of course the, uh, not Warcry, what is it? Uh, uh, Age of Sigmar. Warcry. Based on Age of Sigmar, which yeah, is kind of the reboot yeah, and all that stuff. And so I put together, I actually brought Luke Peterschmidt in, who was the uh, co-designer of the Warhammer games that we did back in the day. Um, I brought uh, a couple of other folks in, my buddy Steve Warner, who's an amazing uh, yeah, game developer, playtester guy. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was fun to kind of bring back the, the, the team uh, Dave Freeman, also another guy from uh, Dave Freeman's. I got another guy from uh, back in the Sabertooth days, and, and a really excellent uh, deck builder played thing. So yeah, it was kind of fun to to be able to work on that. And I knew that uh, I I don't think I either you hadn't made the jump, or maybe I didn't know it yet. I don't think I knew at the time that you were working with them. I can't remember the timeline. My brain is. Yeah. I don't know. Like when I when I came <laughs> in, Kai was just just coming on. Um, he came on, I think, right after I came on. To be fair, um, okay. So because then, after that, yeah, 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 yeah. And then shortly after that, everything fucking blew up and implode. It it literally exploded and imploded at the exact same time. Oh, it's like you guys went supernova and like did some crazy oh, yeah. black hole stuff. And like I, you know, I never heard what happened. I just heard that they closed down the North American office, and that's. I was like, no, Brenner, no. Uh, oh, and, dude, it was, and, you know, and I think I emailed well, you and said, hey, started here. And I said something like, hey, you're going to go to Gen Con or something like that. And I guess you were take, taking a, a well-deserved break uh, from the industry. Oh, yeah. That point, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Without question. Yeah. yeah no, it was there. fine. I mean, it was it was just one of those things where I was like, well, and what are you going to do? You know, yeah, it was a, yeah. and yeah. what are you going to do? But at the well, same time, was- I think you go ahead. No, I was saying, I think it was a, you know, it was a, it was a risky call on your part like that. Hey, let's change it up. But you were going to, you were like the director of North American, like it was, it was like a big deal. To, and Play Fusion, you know, they had, they had made a name for themselves with um, Light Seekers, Light Bringers. Yeah. Light Seekers. Yeah. Light Seekers. That was, actually, yeah, that was, yeah. I, I actually enjoyed Light Seekers better than Warhammer, but oh. <laughs> whatever. Um, so, so, you know, I mean, I think like it was, a it was one of those things where every once in a while, you know, in this industry, you get this opportunity and you, you don't know, is it going to be a supernova? Is it going to be this whatever? But, you know, part of staying, I think staying alive in this industry is kind of being able or, or being willing to take those kinds of risks and they just don't always pay off. But, you know, right. I, I think like you, you know, playing too conservatively, you, you could end up on the sidelines or irrelevant or whatever. So I, you know, I, I thought it was a risky, uh, gutsy call that you made, and it sounded really exciting. And I was sad that it didn't pay off for you. Like I, I was sad that it didn't seem to, you know, last very long. But what are you going to yeah, do? You I know? mean, it, it was it was like eighteen months, and you're like, okay. But you know, at the same time, for me, what it did is it opened a couple of other doors that I didn't oh. realize were even there. And so, That's good news. Eh, at the same time, I mean, like, look, <laughs> we have our we have a we have our own company now. Uh, I got this little bit that happens a couple times a week. Sure. Um, so, and, and like, you know, I'm not doing game publishing and I'm not doing game, none of that. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm staying as far away from that as I possibly can. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. You know, yeah. there's a spot for it for everybody. I just, I did it and I want to be away from it. So we have a marketing uh, firm oh, that cool. we're running. It's a media corp. So whatever. 
It's fine. It ain't about me. It's about you. Um, anyhow, so what, I mean, what have you been up to then? Cause we, we really haven't had a conversation probably since a Gen Con where we, you know, did a thing. I, so, I don't man. know. So I, I know you've had a lot of shit going on in your life. So what's, what's happening with you? Oh boy. Yeah. It's been, you know, I've been, cause I, I've been freelancing now seven years, I want to say, uh, and just working with a lot of publishers. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild, been a wild ride. Uh, Mostly a lot of what I do um, these days professionally is with Bondi. Uh, I've been working with Bondi on the Chrono Clash system, which is a really fun living. I, well, I can't call it that. Ooh, sorry. No, don't come after me. Uh, as <laughs> uh, It is a uh, living. Don't call it em- that. Let me finish that sentence properly. It's the living embodiment of some work I've been doing and trading card games oh. for a while. But it is That's good. But it's expandable card game, so it's like you know, it's you buy it instead of buying booster packs, you just buy the playset, and then you can just make the decks and stuff like that. But um, so, well, look, because you said that, I'm going to say a real funny story to put your mind at ease. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't know if you're aware of this, I, but it did happen, and man, was it a shit show. So this was going back. Jesus, this is probably Gen Con 20. I want to say like 2014, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, around the offices of the upper deck, I was kicking around the idea of like, I, I really never wanted to bring verses back in, in any format. Right. And then okay. after a while, like, you know, it, it became, you know, I started listening to everybody, meaning the player community and going, ah, there's still something there. You know, we wanted to do sure. more with the license and all that kind of crap. Yeah. So, so what if we, one of the things, and some people are going to get angry about this, but one of the things I did not like about the original iteration of Versus is it was 0% fun. 0.0. It wasn't fun. It was wow. it was like if you want to play math and, and do math sure, for 17 sure. hours because and even to today, there's some games that still have not ended from 2004. They're still <laughs> going. Still like people are bringing them food. They're still, they're just like, here you go. Yeah. Here's water. Please stop playing. It's over. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're I, still no, in I, a back room. I, yeah, they're still in a back room in Indy somewhere playing the championship <laughs> from 2004 because it never fucking ended. It just never ended. So it just wasn't fun. At least to me, sure. it wasn't fun. And sure. you know what? I was in a position to make decisions, so I got to make that decision. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I said, but you know what? maybe we bring it back. Right, right. But I'm like, maybe we bring it back in a format that was like, eh, a little bit different. You know, yeah. kind of game in a boxy kind of thing because that was our bit, right? Right. So right. we br- <laughs> so I reach out to the guys who were doing the design, Danny and Ben. I'm like, well, here's the thought. And they were like, oh, this is great. This is a great thing. We want to do it. And I was like, cool. So then it came down to, <laughs> we got to pick a name for this thing. <laughs> and look, Upper Deck, if nothing else, they are, they, they are so buttoned up when it comes to legal, right? So sure. buttoned up. Like sure. they know. Like they know you can't, if, if they say you can't say something, you can't say it. So I was like, all right. So we, we poked around this idea of calling it the versus system living card game, right? Oh no. <laughs> so wait, wait a minute. So <laughs> it gets good. So I go to legal and I go, well, look, is that a term that's trademarked or like, you know, cause I think fantasy flight owns this and they're like, no, and what yeah. they weren't asked day at the time. And it yeah, was yeah, right, right around right. the time they were, the, it was rumblings of they were going to become Asmodee or going to be brought sure. into the fold. Sure. But at the time they were fantasy <laughs> flight. And so we go, can we use this? And, the, you know, legal scrutinized over it for like a week. 
And they came back and they go, you're clear. Go ahead. Wow. I was like, are you sure? I had no idea. And like, yeah. Oh, no, no. It gets better. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're like, fuck it. Legal said do it. And so, <laughs> we, dude, we printed, we printed like a test set that we're, and this is a, coming, a leading up to Gen Con 2014. Oh, my God. We printed God. this test set in like this long box and, you know, it had like versus <laughs> system living cart. I still have one, by the way. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, where's that rare copy out there? That's <laughs> oh, I got mine. <laughs> so, so we the had bootleg. banners made. We had all this stuff made, and at the v- day one of Gen Con, and mind you, you know where that booth was—that big booth, yeah. that square booth, right? Right next booth. door to that big booth is Fantasy Flight, right? <laughs> On day one of Gen Con 2014, it was about like 11 o'clock in the morning. And normally we don't do announcements at the booth like that that are big. But this sure. was a big deal. We're bringing back verses. So like we started doing like this fanfare and people were like stopping and going, what's going on? Here I fucking come out and I got, I got the mic and I got the thing. And there's a big sheet behind me of like it's covering something. And I did this big preamble of like, oh, we listened and we, we're doing the, uh, we're bringing it back. And everybody wanted to know when it's going to happen. And I'm like, well, today's that day. And we pull down the sheet and it says versus system living card game. And all you hear is, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. And like, people, people weren't responding quite the way I thought they were going to respond. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought this was what you wanted. What the fuck? And everyone's <laughs> oh like, God. um. Hey, bro, uh, apparently this is, we're going to tell you because apparently this is on you. Um, oh. You can't call it a living card game. Oh. <laughs> and like, you know, Fantasy oh. Flight, I just see them kind of looking over going, huh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, that's interesting. How'd you get that name? Oh so long God. story short, it was like, oh all right, God. turn the mics off, turn the lights off. We uh, we got to go make a phone call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And now here's the thing. Here's how it ended. Fantasy Flight was incredibly gracious. Christian Peterson himself was incredibly gracious. The whole team was like, guys, you know, we get it. Shit happens, right? Don't don't sweat it. But here's the thing. You can't produce that. (laughs) You you can't do it. However, we had stuff at the show that we were trying to sell. And they're like, go ahead. You can sell it. You know, it's fine. Yeah. But, you know, moving forward. We got to have a little <laughs> chat and they were very yeah. gracious about it. And it was, sure, it was Chris cool, good, you know, but yeah, and we Chris changed it. Yeah, he is, he is. And we, you know, it was changed to two like versus system, two player card game as generic as you could be to avoid any litigation. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so to your point, when you, when, when you say wow. living, don't worry about it. It's cool. Well, you didn't say it. I did. We say printed it. it and sold it. Oh no. my God. That's amazing. I remember that now, and I totally when I brought up the when I was like, "Ooh, don't say living card game," uh, I was vaguely recalling it. You know, there was some company who got in trouble for doing that, and it totally just crashed right into your some your group career of just now. Who, yeah, yeah group of, I mean, the one say, fucking time, <laughs> dude. I'm telling the one time legal was just not on point. The Ouch. one time we like blew Ouch. out the doors with it. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. It was that was a fun show. That was yeah. a fun show. No oh, man, it makes me think Jeez. of like because I, you know, I've been, uh, I've been, I uh, put together my my game room uh, not too long ago, and one of the ideas I had for uh, kind of decorating was making kind of shadow boxes of vintage games, 
right? So I, I found like a night, like Luke Peterson actually gave me like a 1949 Scrabble set. It was really cool. So I made like a shadow box of that. And I found like a 1970 uh, Stratego. But then I thought, you know, one of the things I really want to do is make some shadow boxes of games that affected me, like my design philosophy. You know, I want to make shadow boxes of that. Like, for example, I found a really cool uh, 1959 Risk set. <clears throat> And if, if you if you look at it, if you're listening now, Google the, the image of the board because it's kind of funny. It's you know, you know what it looks like. It looks like the world, right? It's a world map. Uh, right. now this is a, and we all know that risk is a game of global domination, like spreading your armies across the land so that you can take over the world. Well, if you look at these these old risk maps, there's like happy dolphins coming out of the, the Atlantic Ocean, like these happy pair of dolphins. And there's a there's a whale, there's like this happy whale with like a little sailor's cap. And he's like spitting out water and he's so happy. And I'm like, it's such a bizarre. I'm mix. looking for anyway, it right so now, dude. That I'm looking for it. Hold on. No, I'm telling oh, you, what, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I see the red Isn't and blue dolphins. Like, they're, they're just like, they're, why? Yeah. yeah. They're just why jumping happy for joy. At the, in this game of, well, yeah. <laughs> they're about to be dominated. Yeah, I see there. Look at the whale and, at the top. And the he's like, got I, a little hat. I know the whale's insane. He's got a hat. The whale has a little sailor's hat, and he's happy. He's got like a like smiling whale, and it's like, yay! Send your armies, destroy your enemies. Like he's just as happy. No, he just like ate. you know. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. He ate the corpses of the de- the the war wounded that have been tossed in the. I don't know, but it's just such a weird mashup of like global domination meets fifties goofy cartoony stuff. Uh, and the reason I got Risk actually was a game I played with my father when I was a kid, uh, where he just dominates me. Like he is just. You know, he's got everything except for Australia, New Zealand, because that's like the easiest place to turtle up in that game. And so I'm like, Dad, let's stop playing. You've beat me. I cannot come back from this. And he is like, no, son, we have to finish what we started because, you know, it's very important to him to teach a fatherly, you know, this fatherly lesson of like finish, which is a fine lesson. But the lesson I actually learned was a game design lesson of like, hey, when hope reaches zero, your game should probably end. Right. Like if the hope is at zero for a player, then that's, that player should lose. The game should end or at least that player should lose. And that way, you know, because we played my dad and I played that particular game for another probably half hour before he finally was able to just bash through my you know, New Zealand wall or whatever. But one of the games. So the reason I brought all this up was because uh, it remi- your story of the versus remind me of Battletech. So like Battletech was one of the first games that I would say one of the first core hobby games that I played, actually played. Um, and the, my experience with Battletech, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, a lot of people love Battletech. They brought back classic Battletech. But my experience with Battletech was just like, I, my buddy is like, Hey man, have you ever heard this game Battletech? I'm like, no, I'm like, good name. It's a pretty cool name. Right. And he goes, dude, it's like 40 foot tall walking tanks and you're just bashing each other. I'm like, dude, I am in like, sign me up. That's the best selling. <laughs> that's the best selling uh, line I've ever heard. Sign me up. So I come over for Battletech night. And of course they got the board all laid out with all the hexes. And I'm like, Ooh, this is neat. And the models are really cool. They didn't have just those little folding deals you got in the box. They had like the models. And I'm like, Oh man, this is so cool. And he hands me a record sheet. Now, those of you listening who have never seen a classic Battletech record sheet, it's something like a anime tax form, right? Like it is like Uh-oh. got this like outline of this cool looking anime thing, but it just it's just covered in like spaces and circles and all this information. And he hands me this thing and I immediately just kind of dismiss it. I'm just like, oh, OK. I, I, and he's like, well, that's your mech right there. And I said, OK, I want to blow that mech up. What do I do? And he goes, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. You got to decide what weapon you want to use. I'm like, fine, the biggest one. He goes, the PPC. I'm like, yes, the PPC. We're going to use the PPC. I want to blow that up. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
you know, you got to find out like what, what range increment that, that isn't short, medium, long. And you got to do that by looking at your weapon thing. And it'll tell you like, and I can, you count the hexes. I'm like, fine, fine. I count it up. I'm like, it's medium range. I want to blow that thing up. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, now you have to figure out how much heat the, the weapon generates. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, h- hang the fuck on. What, what is this, right? Like, are we, you said walking tanks. You did you didn't say walking air conditioning units, right? You didn't say it was anything about air conditioning. I don't want to play a game about air conditioning. I want to blow stuff up. And so that game taught me, like, you know, uh, let players do. What's not fun? Well, it's just let players do what they want to do, especially if the, the game signed you up for it. Like, let them do what they want to do as a designer. Let them do what they want to do and see how bad that is. Because more often than not, it's fun, not bad. Right. And it's like, okay, you know, like Battletech wants you to make this trade off of like, he wants you to feel very immersed, like, oh, I'm this pilot and I've got to manage my heat and all this stuff. And that's fine. Like, there's a ton of people who dig that. But to me, it was like, I was sold as this awesome game of walkie tanks blowing stuff up. And that, you know, was not what that delivered. But the reason, the reason, dear listeners, I brought all of this up is had nothing to do with any of that. It was just that if you remember, the original Battletech was called Battle Droids. And uh, they, I, I do not remember that. You do not remember that? So it was originally called Battle Droids. And they were sued into oblivion by none other than Lucasfilm, oh, yeah. right? Like Lucasfilm's like, whoa, you can't do that. They were like, whoa, 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 you've got to check for, <laughs> you've got to check for, yeah, uh, you know. Legal so, is like, no, no, droids, it's cool. You can call it Star Wars if you want. Yeah, I know, right? Star yeah, Wars right? droid like, battle. <laughs> it's fine. No one can own droid. Who can own droid? No one owns droid. Uh, so they. They, they're like, shoot. And so they have to reprint all their product. They come up with Battletech, which is a fine name, really cool, good name. But here's the deal. They had been using uh, mecha designs from Robotech uh, this whole time. Just straight up stole them, right? Just straight up, like, just stole the mecha designs. And they were cool looking. Like, the Valkyrie from Macross, like, is one of my favorite mechas yeah. of all time. Very cool thing. Just stole them. So you would think this, this company would be been recently chastened by, like, the, the ban hammer of Lucasfilm, like no, no, it's cool. We'll we'll still continue stealing these other designs there, and they did it. And then of course right. Harmony Gold, Harmony Gold, which is the company that owned Robotech in a, in America, was like whoa, 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 like you can't you can't be using that stuff. And that's of course they had to change it. But it just made me think of that, like wow, you think like man, you think the lawyers would be like, hey guys, we're gonna steer clear of everything. We're just gonna you know. But no, they're well, like. I, you- <laughs> You're just gonna make round wooden pieces and call it robot fighter, robot fighter game match, or just pay artists to like make up new concepts, right? And just like you know, it's like it's not hard. I don't think it's more money. I suppose. Uh, well, that's you know, that's effort. That's effort. You know, <laughs> yeah, why, it's so why? much easier to steal. So much easier to break the law than than it is yeah. to. Oh my god, that's that's so funny. Speaking yeah. of Robotech, are you so you're are you a fan of Robotech? I'm assuming you are. Oh yeah. Who the fuck? Oh yeah. Who dude. isn't? Yeah, because oh, wait, so now, cool. how how I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rule here. How old are you? I'm 46. Okay, so we're we're the set. Well, I'm older by a yeah. year. I'm 47. And far but, wiser, dude. Sir. Far wiser. <laughs> no, no, dude. I am getting dumber as the day goes on. Uh, there is no. I make choices in life, like like day to day, not like monumental decisions. Like where are we gonna live? I mean, it's. I go like. Well, do I want to eat the dude the other day? Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm getting stupid. Okay. So I put, I, I get up in the morning and you know, I can, I'll blame it on, Oh, it was morning. So I didn't know, sure. but I don't need 
like four cups of coffee to get my brain working. That's not that's not me. I like having sure. a coffee in the morning. Sure. But it's not like, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't I can't function. Well, that's not me. I can function because I'm a person, right? Mm-hmm. But dude, right, I'm telling right. you, man. And I didn't even tell my wife this, but she'll hear it here because this is where I open up on the show. Aww. Not at, not in real life. I, can't I open decide. up on the show. <laughs> yes. There you go. She'll appreciate that. She likes being mentioned on. Um my dog, Cloud, you have got to stop chewing on shit while I'm doing the show. Stop it. Get up here and sit on my fucking dog. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, I got my dog in, in my office right now because if if not, she'll bark really loudly at someone walking by and existing in the world and it'll ruin the recording. So she's just being a good girl, just, just laying right next to me here. So. Oh, I, I got to tell you, I just told her to stop fucking around and sit down. She crawled right up here and sat the fuck now. Well, goddamn! Oh yeah. Right. So you were the other morning. What'd you do in your in your? I, assuming you didn't have cancer okay. brain. No, no. So here's what happened. We have one of these Keurig machines, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. All right. I don't have to explain what they are. You know, you yeah. you put the thing in, you close the tab, you push the button, it makes your yeah. cup of coffee. You put like a Tide Pod Dude, in there, I, and you hit a button. I don't know. You put like a that. Tide Pod in it. I, I would. Yeah. You basically. Basically. No, you eat the Tide Pod. You don't put it in the Keurig. You eat the Tide. Pod. Listen up, kids. They're no they're kid. colorful for a reason. It's candy. That's <laughs> so delicious. So delicious. So, so I go. I make like my morning routine is I get up, I go downstairs, I, I you know turn on the light, make the, hit the news and all that kind of stuff. You know, mm. and it's early. It's like six. You know? Sure. And oh I, yeah. <laughs> nice and early. I put. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I I like my coffee with a little cream and Splenda. Right. So sure. I, I get the cream. I put it in my fat free half and half. I pour it in the thing in the, in the cup. I got my cup right there and I put the Splenda in. I put two packets in. I'm very meticulous about it. I throw everything away because I don't want ants, you know, <laughs> and I put the cup on the counter. I put it right next to the Keurig. I open the thing. I put the coffee pot in. I shut the lid. I hit start and I'm like, cool. All right. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm waiting. And I'm dude. I'm looking at the coffee. I'm, I'm looking. I'm staring at like what's going on. I'm staring at the coffee being made. And about halfway into it, I realize the cup is not under the fucking coffee. Oh, it's on no, the counter. No. It's nowhere near. I'm looking. And I'm looking at it. I'm watching oh, this happen. And it just didn't even occur to me. <laughs> and and I'm like, did, and did luckily, like slow down. there's did like time a little, slow down. Like slow motion. Yeah. Like, Coffee. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and there's like a little catch-all at the bottom yeah. of the Keurig to like, yeah. you know, catch catch the drips. <laughs> well, it caught an entire cup of coffee. And now I know that you can put eight ounces of liquid in that little catch-all. Hey, all right. There you that, go. Some, I know that. That's some strong design from Keurig. They knew. They knew that that was going to happen. They're they like, knew you know, some, I'm going to make sure. Yeah. Some <laughs> dumbass is going to like hit start and not put a cup underneath it. And dude, See? I was like, I can't believe I just, I, I literally, I, lo- I looked at myself and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how <laughs> stupid can you be? To- oh, oh man. Well, now we got, yeah. you know, we used to have Brenner Travels. Now we got Brenner Brain. Like, we got hashtag mm-hmm. Brenner Brain. And you can just post these stories and people. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, I, there was, I, I got to do, I got to start, like, I really need to do a project of capturing all the Brenner Travel Put it into a thing and publish it. I got there it. There you go, dude. Because there you people, go. I that was fun to watch. Whatever. It was fun to watch. Let me tell you what. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun you know. to do. Yeah. <laughs> you had to live it. I just had to laugh at it, right? That was my job. Yeah. 
My pain was your pleasure, fella. I know. I get it. Look, I, I've accepted it. It's fine. It's fine. So, no, going back to Robotech, and I don't know how yeah. I got on the fucking dumb copy thing, but, I mean, I grew up in, in that time, and to me, that was one of those shows, and, you know, again, this is off topic, but there is no topic. It's just yeah. we're talking about stuff. Yeah. But that was one of those shows to me that, like, I would run home after school, the little fat yeah. kid, you know, the, yeah. the little fat kid would waddle home. <laughs> and I'd run home and I because I have to get like my bowl of ice cream after yeah. school and I'd sit there and I would be like, it's Robotech time. Everybody just leave me the fuck alone. It's yeah. Robotech. Yeah. And right. it was like the soap opera for 13 year olds. Absolutely, right? dude. I was I was thinking that because I rewatched it. It was on Netflix or it still is on Netflix now. And you rewatch it. And I'm a fan of that because I mean. The American Robotech was actually mashed up of three different animes that Harmony Gold had bought the rights to. So that's why, like, yeah, 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 yeah. there's the first part that's based on Macross, which is the one I think I identify with the most. It's the one that the Valkyries good one. had the SDF. That was one. the good one. And then yep. the middle one, the middle one was, I can't remember the name of the anime. <laughs> Southern but it was Cross. Like, Southern no, Cross. no, Southern Cross was the third one. The middle one was, they were they were riding around on these weird, like, like they looked like jet skis, but in the sky kind of thing. It was really bizarre. Uh, and it was like, it, yeah, and so the, yeah, it's it's and then third one was Southern Cross, which had the Invid and all that other stuff. Uh, I could be totally wrong. Somebody listening is probably gnashing at their steering wheel right now. But uh, oh, I'm I, sure they're gonna fucking no. They won't correct you. They'll correct me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they better. won't. They won't attack you, pal. <laughs> It'll be anyway. Fuck, man. How do you was, not know this? Like, so growing up, we didn't have cable, and so getting to see a, 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 a episode was like. It was like, because every once in a while, and I don't know what the deal was, and I don't know why, we just had, we had the whatever, the over-the-air, you know, whatever, and so occasionally I would get to see one, and it was like, because I was, the one I did, the show I got to watch a lot of was G.I. Joe, because that was on every day on the, sh- on the channel that we got, but every once in a while I would get a Robotech uh, episode, and it was just like the best thing ever, and still one of my favorites, but I was watching it again, and I was, at least the Macross part, I kind of fall off after Macross, Um it is so soap opera. The whole Minmay thing, like the there's this whole episode, an entire episode where Minmay is competing in a beauty contest. <laughs> like, that's a whole episode, and it's just like, oh my god! And I, but as a kid, you know, I think like as a, I, I think sometimes we discredit kids when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know, where like to me, I I found it engaging, and I found it, you know. Uh, even, even, you know, it was like, it was so proper with, with awesome robot battles. Right. And it's like, dude, uh, and, and it's something I believe to this day about good story. Good story is really just characters and relationships. And I think right. that that right. goes for whoever's watching it, right? If you have good characters, good relationships, you know, and then of course for kids, I think you do need something cool, like awesome robots or something like that. But I think at the core, you know, you look at, you think of something like, uh, Avatar, the last airbender and that, you know, you look at the characters and relationships in that and that and that really it's the glue that holds the story together son you know you know so yeah ever since i was a kid i've just always yeah been a huge nerd oh, dude, I, was, I was the same thing like we I, we watched it recently as well and i here's the thing i am 100 percent in agreement and if anybody hasn't seen it you should watch it because yeah it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun but i uh, dude after macross it's all banana 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 to me i could yeah, care less a little the like other I, two, I, oh god i enjoyed this uh, garbage I enjoyed Southern Cross just because it. Uh, I like the invent. I thought they looked cool, and I like the the motorcycle that turns into power armor. I thought that was pretty slick. But but yeah, I just yeah, the first one that had the character relationships that I liked. I just enjoyed it. You know, it, it yeah, it was. And then the Valkyrie. I'm sorry, but I don't think that any human is ever. There's never been a better. It, a mecha <laughs> There's design. never been a better transformer. It, yeah, and, <laughs> and the right. mecha the mecha design 
it's just it peaked it's just it's so cool now there have been some other cool stuff there's you know there's like uh evangelion's got really cool mecha design and i think uh there's a there's this weird uh what is it called i saw when i was in tokyo i saw these really cool mecha toys and so i have them right on my shelf right behind me but it's called something alternatives Muv love alternatives now it's like MUV, LUV alternatives. And I'm like, oh, these are really cool. Because the mecha design, what they did is they took like F14 Tomcat and they kind of reimagined it as a mecha and it looks really slick. So I start Googling like Mudlove and it turns out Mudlove is like super boobtastic anime. I'm like, whoa, that's not, no, that's not what I signed up for yeah. here. Like it's super. Yeah, yeah. If I, I just if I Google Mudlove, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, like, like, I'm going to get, like, get shut down. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a lifestyle, my friend. Yeah, I was shocked. I was just like, oh, okay, I, I'm just here for the the mecca. Sorry, I didn't mean to intrude. You know, I didn't mean to invade your space. I'm just I'm here for the mecca. But yeah, I've always been a big mecca nerd. I've always, I mean, BattleTech. That's one of the things that did for me. It was just I've been a I've, I've always loved. I've always wanted to do like a really cool mecca combat game, and I've designed various ones. But it's you know, it's one of my you know, it's I you know, we all have our you know things that we love that that maybe other people not not enough of a business, right? Not enough of a you know. That, yeah, that sort of thing. But yeah, mecha design is all, mecha games have always been. Well, I'm right with you, dude. And, but like for me, it's one of those things where I don't want to play. Um, it, I, this is going to sound awful, but like, because it, it's, you know, some people, it's like, dude, it's all about game mechanics, not the yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. Bullshit, not in my house. <laughs> well, it is also that. about the aesthetic. When I worked like, at you Saber- can meet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, oh, okay. when I worked at Sabretooth, uh, you know, we had the license for Warhammer 40K and Warhammer Fantasy to do card games. And so that involved a lot of times going to Nottingham, going to Games Workshop HQ. And I'll never oh, forget yeah. uh, the, the CEO at the time, is a guy named Tom Kirby, a really interesting fellow. Uh, and we were just hanging out, talking with him. He was really personable. He just hang out with us and, and just talk stuff. And I'll never forget what he said. He said that the rules of the game are just an excuse for grown men to own toy soldiers. Right, and I'm like, man, by me. always stuck with me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because I've always believed that if you can have the, the the most awesome miniatures game ever, if the miniatures look dumb, if they look terrible, that no one's gonna care. No one's gonna care how good the game, right? Is because the minis got to look cool. You know, I mean, it's just it, that is number one, and the rules are far second. And as a game designer, that was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow because as game designers, we kind of think that we're the we're the Picard of the whole product, right? We're like the, we're the, the, well, the game design, you know, and, and I'm not to discount game design. It's clearly a very important part of a game product, but it really, well, why it, can't it be both? Yeah. Why I can't think, it be both? Well, I think that because I, adversely, adversely, if you could have the prettiest mechs yeah. on the planet yeah. and, and put them in a box and the gameplay, the gameplay could be checkers and it's not going to be fun either. Yeah, so but, why but can't it just better. be both? Like, It'll sell better well, than yeah. the other, right? You know, like one, you know. <laughs> people need shit to put on. People need things to put on their monitors, exactly. right? So but I agree. Like, but I think as a designers, we have to understand that we we provide a facet of a of a product of an experience, right? Like that, where and it's an important facet. Don't get me wrong, but it is a facet. It, it is not, you know, it 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 needs to, you know. I I talk when I talk game design to other you know designers or to like people that are learning about it. You know, I talk about your job is the sphere, right? Like, like you want your game design to kind of be a sphere and sometimes little bumps will peer out. And, and usually I say this in context of, of feedback from playtesters because a playtester say like, Hey, there's a bump here. All you have to do is hammer it in. And that might be true, but usually hammering it in will make three other bumps appear somewhere else. Right. And your right. job is right. the sphere. It's not just fixing little bumps. It's like making sure that, yeah, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, I, 
<laughs> the spear. Well, that's the thing, dude. It, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, I, I, in, in my, my perfect ideal gameplay experience, and look, it, good, this is what, where I'm going with this, is I want, and maybe there's one out there. I don't know. There probably is. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. But I want a really good robot fighty punch punch game or, <laughs> you know, something where it's like on, on my dining room table, I got this big grid of a dining room table. It's a giant square. It's not a rectangle like most. It's a big giant nice. square. And it's like four feet by four feet square, I think. Maybe even five feet by five. It's huge. But in the middle of this table or on this table, I want to plop down a giant mech game where I can leave it there for a week, play the yeah. game. A, the game is fun. B, yeah. the game has amazing looking minis or, yeah. you know, whatever. But it's something to where, you know, when I walk by, when I walk by this table three days into the gameplay, <laughs> I want to go, holy shit, I see what's going on. Like, I yeah, see that yeah. this thing has lost an arm and this thing is, oh, you know, sure, sure, that's yeah. what I want to see. And yeah, I don't I know if that it. exists. I pitched a game like that years ago when I was at Wizards. I really wanted to do a collectible minis game uh, that was mecha based. Uh, and the idea at the time actually was to use that kind of softer vinyl that was, you know, a lot of uh, that PVC vinyl that a lot of the the tradable miniatures games were using. It's kind of softer. It has the downside of right. like your your guns get bent and stuff like that. So, I, you know, it wasn't totally right. But the idea is, oops, I just, I just bumped a bunch of stuff on my desk here. Sorry. Uh, the idea is that the, if you bought a booster of this, you'd actually get like torsos and arms and feet, and you could actually assemble, like snap together mecha, and what you see is what you get. Because I thought that'd be really fun. And then, the, and you know, and then they, the upside would be that you could also pose them however you wanted to. It would be kind of fun as well. But yeah, yeah I've always been. Well, but, but I like, I like, and, and I think this is something that you and I philosophically really connected on was just this, this immersion, this idea that that a, right. a good game immerses you in a world or, an, and that's obviously not what everyone wants to do. There are people who love strategy and they love all that stuff. And I, I think, uh, and I think that's fine. I think for me, I've, I've always looked at gaming as a way to kind of experience other worlds, experience other, like put myself in the position of like a, a naval, like a British captain in, in the 1700s or put myself in the position of a mecha pilot or something like that and feel like I'm making the decisions the types of decisions that 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 person might have to make in a in a in a tough situation, and to me, that's always been what's fascinated me about gaming. And I mean, because I started with D and I mean, that's that's how that's that's the the gateway drug that got me into, oh, yeah. into the whole thing. Was just I, I, man, I was like 11 years old, and my buddy, it was middle school. My buddy was like, "Hey, there's this game called Dungeons and Dragons," and I'm like, "Interested, right?" I mean, I, I, the name is very good. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, you play yeah. characters and you could be like a wizard or a knight and you're like going into dungeons and you're finding treasure and you're fighting creatures and you're having these battles. And my eyes, every time, he, every sentence that he utters, my eyes just get bigger and bigger. And I'm just like, I'm signing me up. I'm sold. And that night, that that uh, after school, I come home and my mom comes home from work and I'm like, mom, you know, like that. You know, you're so excited. <laughs> you, you can't pronounce normal words. Mom! mom! You know, I'm like, mom! That's game. It's Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm not. And I'm just like trying to spit out this sales pitch of just like I think this is the coolest sounding thing ever. Well, Mom had also heard of Dungeons and Dragons because this was the '80s when everyone thought D and D was satanic, mm -hmm. including my mother. Now, now to be fair to my mom, she is not a religious fanatic or anything like that. It's just that when you're a parent and you hear something bad, maybe you know you're like, okay, you know, you know. And she had heard that D and D was bad, so she just says, "Hey, that's satanic. Like you can't play that." And I'm like, oh. 
you know, like finally Satan has, has affected my daily life, right? Like, like he, he's been this concept. Thank God. <laughs> he's been this philosophical concept for so long, but now he's, he's finally. So I just started making up my own games. And that's how I, I really, I mean, I remember uh, trying to figure out, because I hadn't even seen a rule book. I just heard this concept from my buddy. I didn't know about the rules at all or anything like that. And I remember just agonizing over like, hey, when you swing your sword, how do you know if you hit a thing? Because if you ask the mm-hmm. player, the player is going to say, yeah, I hit the thing for maximum damage. Oh, yeah, I killed it. Right. But I'm like, well, that can't be right because then it would be the easiest game ever and there'd be no challenge. So how is that? And I just struggled and I was convinced, <laughs> convinced that the Dungeons and Dragons had some elegant and obvious way to solve this problem. This is a super elegant, thematic, you know, <laughs> just super <laughs> elegant. And so finally... I give up. I just give up. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to use dice, right? (laughs) I just, just, I'm exasperated. I'm like, this is probably dumb, but I'm just going to use dice because I just want to move on from this problem. I'm just tired of it, right? And then later Mm -hmm. on, when I found out that's exactly what D&D did, that's, I think, the moment where I'm like, wow, maybe I, I don't know, maybe I could do this. Like, maybe I could design games, right? If I was able to come to the same conclusion as the people that, you know, on a small scale, obviously, it's no, that's no, like, revelation, right? Like, dice, my God, how'd you think of that, right? It's like that. Dice themselves is not a revelation, but the fact, so I'm going to tell you about my iteration with D, my first absorption of Dungeons and Dragons as well, because okay. it's very similar to yours with one major exception. Okay. All right. It was one of those things where I was in elementary school. I was in like fourth grade or fifth grade or something like that. Yeah. I know I was in elementary school because in middle school, the kid I played with was a dick and he didn't want to talk to me anymore. So it was elementary oh, school no. where everybody's, everyone's no. still friends, right? In sure, elementary sure. school, because you don't know any better, right? <laughs> But the the fat kid didn't become popular in middle school, so okay, elementary okay. school was where it was at for me. Sure, sure. So I, <laughs> I remember totally. this guy. His name is. Sh- you know what? Fuck it. His name is Sean Kelly. Fuck you, Sean. <laughs> Fuck you, pal. How about that? Fuck you. You in know your I don't fucking... know you, Sean, and I'm sure in the intervening <laughs> years you've probably have to side with my buddy. You have to understand this. Yeah. When I say, Fuck you, Sean. Right? I have to side with my buddy. Yeah. Just can't. I don't know you. <laughs> Loyalty right here. This is loyalty. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, fuck Sean Kelly. How about that? Um, and it could be any Sean Kelly. I'm not even going to pinpoint it. It could be anyone. There, I hope All there's right, not a so, Sean Kelly listening going, oh my God, did I do that? Was that me? Yeah, oh my God. right. This is going to be like, oh, I didn't realize my my water polo physique would carry me through the high school years while your, while your ice cream man physique that you visited every day after school uh, wouldn't carry yours. Oh my so God. anyhow, <laughs> but you're this guy, <laughs> right? This is, I think this is fourth grade. I think it's fourth grade. Sure. He comes up and he's like, hey man, I, there's this new game called Dungeons and Dragons. And like my dad plays. And I was like, your dad plays games? No, oh, mine doesn't. You know, <laughs> mine doesn't. So I was like, well, okay, what's it about? And he gave me the same bit. It's like, oh, you could be a knight. You could be a wizard. I was like, holy shit. This is amazing. Like, I want to do this. And then, but he's like, but it's on paper. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> that sounds sucky. What do you mean on paper? Like you draw this stuff? And he's like, no, no, no. And he, he, I remember he brought a character sheet with him to school, and I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind this because it's yeah. like he, he's like, I'm like, you got to use your imagination, and you got, yeah. I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. Yeah. So I go home, right? I go home, and it was like, mom, mom, <laughs> mom, mom, <laughs> right, mom. <laughs> 
God, stop what you're doing. Stop making food. I got to tell you something. Stop providing sustenance to the family. I got to tell you about my thing. My thing's more important. I got to tell you about that. So so I tell her and she's like, will it shut you up if if you do this thing? And I was like, yes, it will. It certainly will. So the next day she took me down to his little corner bookstore, like down the street. Cool. And sure enough, there it is. Dungeons and Dragons advanced D&D starter oh, set. Oh, now, shit. I still have nice. my set today. I am staring at it right nice. now. That's awesome. And it's, it's the pink box that has Ooh. the wizard and the dragon yeah, and TSR yeah. logo on it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So oh, look, man, D and D was this, was the gate. You said it was a gateway. It was it the was, gateway for was, everybody. Now, clearly, That's... your mother was concerned about your well being and said, "Satan, bad Ryan, no play." My mom said, <laughs> "Leave me the fuck alone." <laughs> well, it shut you up. <laughs> if I buy you this thing, and I think it was like ten bucks for the set. Yeah. Will you shut up? <laughs> and I and that was that was growing up in my house. <laughs> yeah, I, well, to my mom's credit, like it wasn't that long after that where I was like, like I, you know, we were kind of we were kind of poor growing up, so I, I couldn't go buy a, a thing. But like the library actually had some of the rule books. Like it had the uh, it had like the Dungeon Master's Guide that had the the uh, the idol and the, the adventures like climbing up to like steal the the jewel eye of the idol kind of thing. And uh, you know, so I was able to you know, and I gotta say like. I owe a lot of my vocabulary to Gary Gygax because I remember flipping through those books. I had the book, I had the, like the DMG or the player's handbook and I had the dictionary right next to it because there were so mm-hmm. many times and I'm like, I don't know what that word means. Cause I don't know if you guys know this, but Gary Gygax could be quite verbose, even wordy, even loquacious at times. And Ooh, yeah, fancy. and you had to look these things up, man. So yeah, it was, it was a neat experience for me and just figuring out how they figured stuff out. And then, you know, once I was able to actually read the rules and go, Oh, they use dice too. How, how cool. And I remember uh, one of my first games I ever designed wasn't long. It was right around this time. And, and I called it dragon's lair and I had sketched it as this, this map, this dungeon map out on a, on a piece of graph paper, graph paper at that time for me was like, it was like, more precious than gold right i remember like, graph paper oh, well yeah. man so my stepdad god bless bill my stepdad bill i i'm like hey hey play this game with me he's like fine uh and and i he he moves into the first and it was the dumbest game there was no strategy whatsoever it was purely like you move you roll and move right because that's what games were back then you rolled and moved and he and each room just had a monster in it and you just rolled to see what happened like there was absolutely no decisions nothing it was terrible so i uh, he goes to the first room which happened to be the zombie room and he rolls his dice and i'm like dude you killed the zombie and he goes what well that's cool and i said you get 50 gold and he goes what do i do with that and i'm like well let me show you and because i had drawn out this like little shop and i had drawn like suit of armor and sword and i put these little prices on it i said you have enough for the suit of armor and he goes why would i buy that and i went um i had put no rules to this thing like to me it was just you would buy it because it's cool to have a suit of armor dude like that's what you, <laughs> like, get with the program bill yeah i get know but it. it was like my first playtest session my first playtester feedback was hey maybe have yeah. rules to stuff so that I want to buy things. And I'm like, oh, and, and on the fly, I'm just like, um, you add one to your roll. <laughs> like, it, just, like, it just made you fight better. So like, add one to your roll. Yeah. But that was my very first, 
like playtest session, my very first playtest feedback. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, uh, th- it's it. That's where it starts. So, and ironically enough, I had a stepdad named Bill. No way! Ooh. Oh, that's insane. Way. That's insane. Yeah, um, my mine was a drunk, but whatever. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Mine was not. He's a, de- <laughs> you know. he's a deer man. He's a deer man, uh, Bill. Yeah, he's a great guy. He, yeah, he was. Uh, but, yeah, he, yeah. But that's where it starts, right? Like yeah, you yeah. get the itch. You get oh, the yeah. itch. And, I and I for did. me, like I, I never became a game designer, but I certainly like the the like uh, introduction to Dungeons and Dragons, the Robotech stuff. Just and quite frankly, for me, I could pinpoint it like my time stream, like my arc was was it started on like you know May fifth, nineteen seventy seven, when Star Wars was released, yeah, because that yeah. just became it. It just I, I remember seeing, I didn't see it on opening day because I was five. Yeah. But I mean, I saw it in the theater. I, I remember going to the movies in Virginia when I lived there. So I was a young kid. It was like kindergarten age. And I remember seeing Star Wars. And I was like, this is where it started for me. This was the the pinnacle moment where I go, I want to be involved in this stuff. Yeah. Like these yeah. things are the things that interest me. I don't, for, for Christmas, if you give me a football helmet, fuck you. I will throw it through a window. I don't want it. All right. I don't want your sports gear. I want like a, I want yeah. something from Star Trek in the yeah. Star Wars, yeah. you know? Yeah. I was, you know, yeah. I, and, and being a poor kid, like I was a trailer park kid, uh, you know, growing up. Uh, I mean, eventually of course we moved out of the trailer park, but that's kind of where I came from. And, and I didn't have money to like buy games and stuff. And so like, but, but as a, as a, as a budding amateur game designer, I just needed a pencil and a notebook and I could, I could entertain my, I still have a notebook. I filled with this game. This, it was like a, it was a starfighter combat game. I still have it. And it just, it's fun to, it's fun to flip through this thing. And I, I probably wrote it when I was like 14 or something like that. But it's just that it, to me, that was like a way, you know, and I got my first D20 actually got when I was like 12, I bought it from a kid at school uh, for $3. <laughs> it was basically like, I'm not going to have lunch today. I'm going to have a 20 sided die. And it was, it was totally worth it to me. In fact, I'm holding it right now. I'm holding that very D20 right now uh so the joke's on him <laughs> right <laughs> but well but, you it, know if that to me like i had my d20 i had a pencil i had a notebook and that to me like as a poor kid like that was it gave me an out it gave me an escape you know it gave me a way to kind of express myself and and it and really and and the big thing that the itch for me that i felt early on was why is this fun trying to figure out why these things were fun to people like I would get, I remember, I remember I managed to save some money and I bought the middle earth role-playing system. Do you remember that game? Did you ever see it? Vaguely. So Vaguely. it was based off of another famous game. It was ba- made by Iron Crown Enterprises mm-hmm. and it was based off of their, uh, very, very detailed role-playing system. Uh, so they would have like battle law and spell law and claw. It was, uh, what is it called? Oh my God. I can't remember the name of this crazy game, but it was ridiculously detailed, ridiculously complicated. And Middle Earth role playing was their attempt at like a more accessible version of this like labyrinthine rule system. Uh, and somebody right now is going, "Dude, it's this this name. It's so obvious, and I can't, I can't remember <laughs> the name of it." But it was just like they're, they're oh, not going to yell at you, Ryan. Oh, they're not going to yell at you. Role, oh, God, it's killing me. I'm going to look it up anyway. Um, so, but I remember just agonizing over that game because I was trying to figure it out. First of all, figure out what it was doing, but I was also at the time trying to figure out why people enjoyed it. Like, what was so cool about this? All this. Because all I was seeing was complexity. It was just super complicated. But what I really found out eventually was, oh, but it does make you feel really immersed because like, oh, you feel like your strength actually had like this effect on or, you know, it, it, it made satisfying results happen. 
right? It made some satisfying combat results. It made some satisfying game results. And so as a, as a game designer, I was like, well, is there a way I can get those without the cost of all this complexity too, right? And so it was, to me, that passion of like, what is fun? Why is fun? Why is this fun? You know, when I was running the 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 uh, the Duel Masters team at Wizards, or the R&D team anyway, I didn't run the Duel Masters team, just the R&D part of it. Um, one of the things we do is every month or so, once a month, we would kind of look at competitors' games. And my challenge to my team was always like, okay, we know why this is, we could tear any game down. Like we could tear, we could break anything down. Let's see why people like this. Tell me why people enjoy this, right? Because that's more important. Like anybody, we, everyone's a critic, everyone, especially game designers, we can take a game and we can say, well, this is a weird decision or whatever we can do. Especially at Wizards, that was kind of, you know, a big part of our job because of magic. We had to play test and you had to break stuff down. You say, well, that's broken. That's what it is, whatever. But it, but clearly like when you get a game like Yu-Gi-Oh, for example, like, and, you know, as a game designer, I, I was never super impressed with it, but it's clearly, uh, you know, gotten this massive audience. It's gotten, you know, you know, so like, why do people like it? Why is it good? And that was that was something that from a very young age, I was always very focused on was was the end user, the players like, you know, I owe it to them. Like I owe them a great experience because they're the ones spending their time and money on what I do. Right. And so, well, yeah, true. And I think the reason people like Yu-Gi-Oh is because they like fighting at tournaments. That's, that's to sure. Me. Could I don't, be, I don't you mean know, fighting with cards. I no, mean, they, fighting with <laughs> fucking Yu-Gi-Oh players, man. <laughs> Well, you have I'm more experience you, than I do with them. I I'm never, speaking firsthand, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I, yeah, you have way more dude. experience than what I do, right, dude? Uh, you have way dude, more. Dude, fucking stop flipping tables. <laughs> but that, that to me is a fun challenge, right? Because like, especially you take a popular game. There's games that are super popular. That I just straight up don't like. And but then you got to take it a step further. Okay, that's fine. You don't like it, but why do people like it? Because as a game designer, we're not making games for us. Like, we're, you know, if I, if I was making games for myself, I would make mecha games all day, right? Like, that's all I would do, mecha games and Age of Sale games. Like, that's what I would do. You're, you're making games for an audience. And so you have to, to do that. You have to connect with them. And to connect with them, you have to understand them, right? And you have to, like... And look, yeah, it's never going to be for everybody. You're all... It's yes. never going to yes. be for That's everybody. right. And you shouldn't never. try. You shouldn't try. No. Like, like that mm-hmm. is... You're going to end up with a milk toast kind of bland product if you do that. You just got to, you know... I think people will feel like you got to you gotta love the thing you make you got to put love into it and right. people will feel it if you do that people will you know when they get it on the other end of the production uh pipeline they're going to pick up this thing and go wow someone you know someone loved this someone you know like put a piece of their 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 art into this and, and i think that's you know so that's what i you know i <laughs> i've made a bunch of games i've been fortunate enough to be able to publish a ton of games with a lot of fun publishers and 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 many of them have fallen short of what i would consider like you know my best efforts or you know but it's, it, you know, you just got to, you, you know, I, I remember telling this to my, my old boss, Charlie Catino at, at, at Duel Masters at Wizards there. And I would, I would say this a lot. I'd say we owe them the best experience we can give them. And he totally, he added this thing that was very important. He said, with the time and resources we're given like that. And that's a very, very important thing, right? That's very important. You are only have so much time and resources to make these products. So it's like, you got to do the best you can with what you have. And, and that to me was a big moment. Like I still remember because we'd have our weekly meetings and, and I still remember sitting in his office when he said that. And it's really, and now when I, I speak of that concept of like, we own the best that we can, I always add, you know, Charlie's appendix to it, right? Like, like that is a very important thing to think about. We have time, we have resources and, and, and those both very limited, uh, and we got to do the best we can. Uh, and, and yeah, so. 
And 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 every player that doesn't like your shit will be like, Ugh, well, that's just a cop out. Guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. You know it's fine. You know, people, uh, it, it's fine. I still I, I, I still love gamers. I, I've been in this industry oh, 20 yeah. years. Still love gamers. I still love the sound of a big hall of gamers just, just geeking out and doing their thing. It's one of my favorite. You know, I go to Gen Con or you know, origins or something like that. And just to hear people having a great time hearing laughter and hearing like the, hearing like the, Oh, and the, you know, all that stuff. It just, it just warms my heart. You know, it's just a fun. And, and especially, you know, to me, like one of the biggest gifts I think is when you find a table or two of people playing a game that I worked on and having a good time. And it's just, you know, I tell people like, like designing games is like when it's that feeling you get when you buy someone a gift that you haven't given them yet and you're excited for them to open it, right? You're excited right. for them to experience it. That's the feeling you get when you're making games, right? You're just like, man, I can't wait for people to get this in their hands and start making memories with it and start enjoying it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. fun, dude. It, it's, I, I, I it's totally agree. coming back, man. It, it, yeah. And, I, and and you know what, man? Here's here's how it's going to go in my house because you know I got I got kids. They're they're yeah. younger, so they haven't you know experienced all these things yet. But they're at that age now where I'm like, nice you know, guys. It's it's about time you start like defining who you're going to be as an adult at this young early age. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ruin them like I was ruined, right? <laughs> like you do. So I've already pre-purchased all the D&D stuff required nice. for them to, to and that's how it's going to start. I got the the essentials kit, I got the starter kit, all the the stuff that's on the shelf today. I didn't go back in the in the vault sure, and sure, sure. you know, go yeah. three yeah. rule sets ago. I'm just buying the stuff that's available now, all right? I, I mean, do. I'm just going to do that. it that way. I love that. I you know, and I you know, I I do I do that with my niece and nephews uh, down in Bakersfield. So I'm from Bakersfield, California, and, and much of my family's still down there. And so when I go down to visit, I have like this watered down, mechanically watered down version of D and D that I play with them. Uh, we call it Enter the Stormlands because they had they want a really cool name. And one of my favorite role playing experiences of my career was playing with them one time where they were all entering. So my my uh, nephew Alistair, who uh, gosh, how old is he now? I'm sorry, Alistair, if you hear this, but I can't. Or that's oh, my sister. Burn. Uh, it is like seven. He's like seven or eight now. I want to say. Oh, okay. I, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Anyway, um, he I I start. The character creation is really simple. I just go, what kind of character do you want to be? And he's like, can I be a beast charmer? A beast charmer. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like he has, you know, all right, that sounds good. He's like, you know, this uh, a Dr. Doolittle type character in this D&D world. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome, dude. So anyway, much later in the adventure, they find the lair of the uh, of the necromancer who had been experimenting on all these animals. So there's like these, these, and the animals start to coming back to life when the, the adventures come in. And there's this lion. And uh, this lion, this undead lion, starts coming back to life, and and he just goes, Uncle Ryan, can I charm it? And I'm like, Sure, buddy. I don't know, can you? I was like, (laughs) and I was like, it'll be tough. And I basically use the D20 system where it's like, roll a D20, add your bonus, and try to beat a difficulty, right? Because then they do a little math, and they're like, you know. And so I said, Dude, it's gonna be hard. You need a 17 or higher. Like it's gonna be really hard, but yeah, you can try it. And sure enough, he rolls his dice, adds his numbers, and he gets like 18 or 19, and he is just. So he's like, can I ride it into battle? I'm like, yes, sir, you can. Like, <laughs> So he has to stop the session while he runs to the other room to tell his mother how excited he is that he's about to ride into battle on an undead lion. Like, he is just so happy right. he gets to do this. And it's those times, you know, I tell you, that was just, that was one of my favorite 
That was just one well, of my look, favorite. It was we, so fun. we need to bring in new blood. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's clear. Like oh, all yeah. the old staunchy old farts like myself. <laughs> and, and now you. And now all right. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't, it's, it's not our thing. You know, yeah. we need to bring in the new blood and it yeah. needs to continue on. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, totally. Well, look, man, yeah. I just got a note from Don Bluth Studios and apparently they're listening. Uh, I don't know how they're listening live because I'm not live, but they're listening <laughs> and they're going to sue you because of your no! Dragon's Lair game, pal. No! <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You know Sorry, what? man. On Blue Studios, I will pay you double all the money I made from that game. Tell you what, I, you can have all the profits I made, all the money I made. I will double it, write you a check right now, and then I'll double that check. Uh, Seven dollars coming your way, Don Bluth. That's the funny part. Doubling zero until zero. It's it's a. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, well, look, man. Me what? what huh? Is there anything you want to? Uh plug here that, that we've been we've been chatting for over oh, an hour is there anything you guys there you know i'm in that weird phase i've got a game coming out at gen con with uh upper deck that I, they haven't announced yet it's a game that it was your idea i showed you a uh, game i showed you a game mm-hmm. based on a pharaoh's tomb and you said this could be a such and such game and i'm like oh my yeah, god i know what you're talking yeah, about and yeah it was, and so i wish i could talk about it but that is coming out at gen con and i'm super jazzed about it uh and then i've got another game again i can't talk about coming out in October that I'm also very excited about. That's the life of being a game professional. There's all this stuff like, well, I can't really talk about that. It's all this stuff that I can't tell you about. Can't tell you about, but I'm super jazzed about. Um, But yeah, I have, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Miller Games is my website, and that's usually where I post uh, new stuff. You can see kind of what I've been up to. Uh, Ryan Miller Games on Facebook is is also a a thing that I occasionally post to. But but yeah, dude. But hey, man, thanks for... uh, Thanks for, you know, it was just super fun to be able to catch up with you and chat with you again. And, and man, I just, I, I miss you, bro. I, I'd love to hang out with you more. <laughs> uh, dude. Dude. <laughs> dude. No, you know what? I couldn't agree more, man. And we, we will cross paths again. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Here's, here's the thing. I had a whole list of shit to get to on Ryan Miller, <laughs> right? And, and dude, this is not the first time this has happened. Anybody yeah, who's I don't listening, doubt it. yeah, yeah, we've heard this many times, Brenner. Get to the fucking point of like, get go down your punch list of things you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But we get all sidetracked. You know, you know what the first thing I have on your thing? What? It says update, and I'm like, I feel like we've been doing update for like an, an hour and eight minutes now. So, yeah, I've got well, like got eleven that. other things. We got that though. We got the first thing. That's really good. That's if nothing else. We got, we got the update. <laughs> we got the we got the update. So uh, I'm, I got to have you back, man. I'd and love when it. we I'd do, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the other other shit. Sounds great, man. It sounds great, dude. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. Take care, brother. Nice. <laughs> I know, man. 